morning, buddy. What, what do you How's think? everything going down in old Texas? You said it was a little toasty. Freaking hot. That's only way. I want to describe it one other way, but I can't. I don't. I think that's inappropriate. But it is hot. Going to be mm-hmm. hot. But that's it. Is June? It's wrote on. It's wrote on the walls of caves, by the by the pictographs and the end. It's like, dang, it's hot in Texas in the summer. You know, that's what we do. It's like it's cold at y'all's house. I think we got a different voice on here too. Did, do we have an intruder today? We do. He's an intruder. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. It is the great Larry Lorraine from <laughs> from where in Montana, Larry? Great Falls, Montana. Yeah, that's that's just central Mont, basically smack dab in the middle, central Montana. We're right in the heart, right, right in the yep. heart of it. Yeah, well, Charlie Russell country. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Actually, uh, Charlie Russell lived in Great Falls. That's right. Russell Museums here, all that. That's cool. Well. You are a bitten spur maker, somebody that has uh, jumped onto the scene in my world, and and that's a little hard to do because you gotta knock me out of my little cave to to get involved. But we uh, we got introduced. Was it last year at uh, at Ernie's during the TCA workshop? Yeah, yeah, last year, last April, Ernie Marsh's house, the TCA workshop. I heard you. I heard you talking about it on Workshop Wednesday, and uh, <laughs> you know, about five seconds after you said that that was happening, I was on the phone with the museum trying to figure out how to get signed up. And uh, yeah, we met there, and I told my wife when I got home. I think it was like you and I were uh, we were fast friends, like we'd known each other forever. It seemed like from the you know first moment we shook hands in the cafe. Yeah. So, uh, I've been I've been thankful for your friendship. Well, then. opposites do attract, but we're not opposites. <laughs> <laughs> we are not opposites. Similar age, right? I don't want to tell everybody how old you are, but you're almost as old as me, so that's cool. Yeah. Jumped off Close. into the to the world of uh, entrepreneurship and and uh, live on a ranch, right? Got a little little ranch in background. Yeah, yeah, we got a ranch here in Montana, which is what I was doing prior to getting spur making, and uh, you know we can. We could dive off into that story if you'd like, but uh, yeah, ranch of background, rodeo background, you know, just a Western kid growing up. So sounds very similar, right, Schwartz? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I don't have a rodeo background, but I mean, I I rode some rough stock, but it was never intentional. Well. Don't be talking about intelligence yeah. here. Me and Larry may not be quite as smart as you. We thought we could pay people to go let us go do it where you did it for free and won just as much money as we did, probably. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I got it. I want though. a buckle. Well, there you a go. Business, a businessman's cow ride in 1984. <laughs> and they what put us it? on, they brought in some range cows, put a bull rope on them in the chute. Oh, and got my. a bunch of waterheads to get on them. And they they quit that after a few years after people started getting hauled off to the hospital. Yeah. I, I got so a, you're, you're, you're a belt buckle, 1984. You're an ox et jobber. Not an ox jobber, but an ox et jobber, right? <laughs> so you just joined the forces with, with Nate and Ernie. Oh, well. I still love you. It's all good. Well, that's good to know. <laughs> It is good to know. Well, we uh, again we got metal heads in the in the house, Carrie. So you're overpowered, but I will let you talk. And uh, 
this could be fun. We got some, we got a cool topic on hand that, uh, that comes from, from a friend on Facebook named Roger Brandt and, and, uh, Roger's, uh, somebody that is listening and, and appreciates what's going on. And thank you, Roger, for listening, uh, for, for, to the podcast, but he offers us a little, a little thing that I think strikes the home strikes the heart of an awful lot of us, no matter where we're at in our journey as a craftsman, whether you've been doing it for 30 years or whether you've been doing it for three minutes. Um, the question is, is, and I'll, I'll quote Roger here. I hope he doesn't mind. He says, I struggle with turning out a product because I need the money or I feel rushed by a customer in doing so. I'm not always happy with a pair of spurs, but I send them off anyway. It's hard to take the time to get better when I need to make money to keep going. Man, that, amen, right? Uh, that is something that we all struggle with. I'm not sure that we have an answer exactly. You know, just, well, you just forget what it is you're doing and go build it and forget it about your customer. And, and uh, you just do, do the best you possibly can. And if it's wrong, throw it in the trash can and start over. Uh, that does not happen at my house, right? And uh, there's there's an awful lot. And I know, I mean, you face it too, right, Carrie? Whether it's metal or piece of leather, and you mess up on a seat, you're not just going to throw it out the window. Greg always told me, uh, "It's not how many mistakes you make; it's how well you cover those up that you do make." But, but we can't let crap go out the shop either. So, how do we, how do we balance that out? What's your ideas? I think uh, I think there has to be a divorce in this picture. You got to, yep. and, and uh, you got you got to d- divorce yourself from the clock, but 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 still have some kind of a relationship with it. So what do I mean yeah. by that? I think that to keep these three poles active: equality, efficiency, and price. You got to find a way to kind of disassociate yourself from that clock. And, and, uh, I've said it before. I think that, uh, <clears throat> the clock is a, a very good servant, but a piss poor master. And, if, yes. and, and, the, the clock's going to run your life if you don't manage it. And I'm an example of that. I've, I've found new life and trying to, it's keeping track of that time. And not look at the clock as a, I'm being victimized by the clock, rather make it work for us, make it our servant. So, so what does that look like? I think we need to strike that balance. You, you used the word balance, Wilson, a moment ago, mm. That's that balance between, yeah, the clock is important, but we can't let it take over so that I get into a hurry. And doesn't that, right. isn't that what it comes down to? You get into a hurry and then, and, and that's a tough thing because you don't have that, all that quality, efficiency and price. Those planets aren't all lined up when mm-hmm. you get started. It takes mm-hmm. a while for that. And Larry probably could speak to that. He's, he's a little closer to the starting line than we are. Does that make sense, Larry? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, uh, I think part of the problem is, um, you know, you don't want to make anybody mad. You're just happy somebody called you on, or, you know, or message you on Facebook or however you're getting your orders and wants to buy something. And, 
and so you're trying to do your best to get it out and you and you probably over promise because you tell them yeah i'll get it to you in a couple weeks when probably deep down you know there's no chance you're going to get it done in that amount of time i think i think what you really need to do is just figure out how to be honest with yourself about about your own how much time you have your own schedule and and remember that those customers are coming to you because uh, you know, you didn't you didn't go find them and force them to buy something. They're coming to you because they want something you made or your product. And so, if you're if you're just honest with them and tell them, hey, it's going to be this much time. You know, you tell them it's going to be a month, and and maybe you get it done in three weeks. Well, they're they're plenty happy about that. But if it's a month, it's a month. You just have to remember they're coming because they want something from you. They want a piece of you. So. So just be honest with the amount of time it's going to take. And I think like in uh, uh, Roger's case, right? Mm -hmm. Wilson, Roger, Mm -hmm. you know, that's, he's probably just starting out struggling, hoping you're trying to get it done, hoping that those customers will stay. You're, you're afraid they're going to run off and leave and be mad. And, and I think it it really is. You just got to remember they're coming to you. So, Absolutely. So what let's let's throw it this way, which which I think Roger's talking about as well. I need the money, right? I I, I, yeah. I need I need a paycheck. So customers happy. They're they're willing to wait and all is good. I need a paycheck. I need this thing out the door because the bankers are calling. How do we manage that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean that's obviously that's hard, especially uh if you're trying I don't know if Roger's trying to do this full time or part-time or whatever but i mean i i understand that if you're trying if this is how you're gonna make some money yeah you gotta you gotta get some money coming in the door cash flow's a bitch it is it is but but you're only hurting yourself if you put out something that is you know inferior Inferior. to your skill set i mean you do the best you can with your skill set that you have at the moment because if you're shortcut you know I look at it like your skill set is at whatever level, right? If it's at a level five out of 10, but you're, you're putting out, you know, stuff at a level three and a half. Well, you're never going to get above that five. You gotta, you gotta be willing to push that five all the time. So it'll, it'll move up. And, uh, I, I, I say this all the time and this comes from, uh, Bill Parcells talking to Tony Romo, which you cowboy fans will, probably be okay with me the rest of the world which is 99.9 percent of you gonna be mad because i brought up the dallas cowboys but bill parcells told tony romo don't ever let good enough be good enough right so we have to have that in our mind is is don't ever let good enough be good enough we're always striving for better now that also talking about balance carry that also means certain budgets certain certain projects only offer so much and there has to be a point to where look that this is all i can do if you know you can fix it then fix it but there has to be a point in the grand scheme of things is yeah that is good enough for today that like that's as good as i can do i'm i'm not going to be able to be john ennis and with a file today i'm trying and i'm gonna do the best i can but 
there has to be some balance in that too. You, I, I know artists and I know makers that sit there on the same piece for months on end that don't have a business because they won't quit. They, they, yeah. they, they keep spinning in the same rinse cycle. You got to get out of it at some point. Right, Kerry? Yeah. That, that reminds me of a years ago when I was up in Spokane going to school and and took a night class on shoeing horses and and uh and I I hadn't been under very many horses up, up to that point and uh so we're you know we're fairly young so we're getting under these horses and we're we're under a horse forever and the guy mm-hmm. who was teaching the class says you know you need to pick up the foot trim it put it down and mm-hmm. and I think the analogy is that like you said Wilson you got to you got to put you have to let go. You do have to let go at some point along the way. And yeah. and that's, that's going to have to suffice for today. Let go of it, develop amnesia, whatever it takes to let go of it and then move on to the next project and, and, uh, carve out another, hopefully skill set on the next one. I, I, I look at it this way. If you're looking at it and you know, it's wrong, and you know how to, you, you have a solution to that, to that problem. If you think you have a solution, then absolutely try it. But if you look at something, you feel like it's wrong, but you don't know how to change it. Don't just keep staring at it. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Like a little, like a little kid opening the refrigerator, they're hungry and they're just staring at the refrigerator, not knowing what it is they're going to look at. My mom always told me the penguins were coming, close the damn thing. If you know what you're going to get, go get it. But otherwise, sit back and think about it. And and so uh, put the foot down and and yeah, you can keep thinking about it, but don't, you know, maybe that's the next project or maybe that's the phone call away, call Larry and say, how the hell are you doing that? Right. And see what we do. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's a it's a balancing act between between all of that stuff. But, uh, you know, as I mean, I'm like you said earlier, I'm. I'm just kind of a newbie in the, as far as my career in this, I've only been doing this full time for what has it been three, four years or something, you know, so I, I got a ways to go, but, but in the, in the beginning, I, I used to, I used to tell my wife all the time, I'd show her something and I'd be like, yeah, this isn't that good, but I'm not a bit in sperm maker. So, you know, <laughs> that's, that's just the way it goes. But, you know, I think it is, it's those little things, as long as you can recognize those things, you're on the right track. Yep. You can see it. You're on the right track. Maybe, maybe it's not as good as you wanted that day, but if you can see it, then you're on the right track. So Schwartz, you, you talked about not being a slave to time, right? And, and you and I have talked in the past about, about uh, keeping track of our time. And now that we're not a slave to the time, we own our time. Yep. So, mm-hmm with the knowledge of how long it takes you to do something better prepares you for the next conversation with a customer that wants that similar thing. So, so then you can prepare mentally and budget wise, what it's going to take you to do something. So when your customer says, Hey, I would like that halfway through the project, you're not behind the eight ball in price, right? So you can stay hooked and you know, it's wrong. You know, well, as you're creating the piece, you've bid it properly because you know how long it's going to take you to do something. And, and so, 
um, you're not behind the eight ball either by going, oh my gosh, I bid this at 3000 and it's taking $6,000 worth to do it. You're not worried about hurrying up and finishing because you you have to stay true to the integrity of the project. And I think that's extremely important to, in the balance act is know how long it's going to take you to do it. And then even if you go over, you have to stay true to the integrity of the project, and which is what you're saying, right? Carrie, forget about mm -hmm. the time. Stay focused on the piece. Do what it is you intended to do. Then at the end of it, if you messed up, you only have to do it once if you're keeping track of your time because you can go back and, and prepare on the next one. No, it, it just takes but, time to develop that, though. And that's one of the great struggles of just getting started is the first five, ten years or whatever even. But knowledge is power. We've said that over and over again. And if you're keeping track of your time, then you have a sense of how much you're going to have into a project. So, But this also brings up, a, I don't know, Roger's situation, but uh, – the question sort of implies that it is, he is dependent on this for an income. I yes. That seems yeah. pretty clear. Money's important. So that brings up another deal. Um, what do you guys think about a subsidy? And a subsidy could be a spouse's income, a day job, um, you know, some <laughs> other side hustle or whatever like that to take pressure so that off of your situation until you can get traction and be able to launch off into some deeper water. So, so do you know the definition of a, Gary, do you know the definition of a successful bit and sperm maker? A working wife. Yeah. <laughs> a working spouse. <laughs> somebody, somebody that has yeah. a spouse with a good job. That's a successful yeah. bit and sperm maker. Well, that's what Dale Harwood said. For years, show me a successful saddle maker, and I'll show you a, a wife that works. Of course, <laughs> keeping it uh, gender specific like that, but well, yeah. don't. I would say this, and and that was a frustrating thing for me in the beginning. Um, is and that maybe that's why I focus so much on the business side, and uh, I always have. Um, I, I just not not ignored it. I thought it was very important. Is is man, I, I think our disciplines are, are valuable. Uh, I think, I think they're worthy of making a living. Why do we have to have a spouse to pay the bills in order for us to do what it is we want to do? I don't want to be a professional hobbyist. And, and so, uh, I, I, I'm very passionate about, Hey, I don't have to have a wife with a good job. Now I have a wife with a better job than me, but the first 12 years of our marriage, it wasn't that way. Right. She stayed home with the kiddos and, and, uh, and away we went. But uh, cash flows a booger, though. But guess what? I mean, Caterpillar, billion dollar company, has to have a line of credit to pay the bills. They're making a billion dollars a year, but they still have to have cash flow still a booger. It's something that we all face, I think. I hope. Well, uh, the thing <laughs> is, the only one. point I was trying to make is that. I think ultimately you want to get off the subsidy. You want, yeah. if you want to yeah, go full time, yeah. you got to get off the subsidy. You need, yeah. you need to conduct your business just like you have, Willie. You, you're conducting it as a standalone business and you're not dependent on, on that subsidy, whatever the subsidy may be. So yep. how do you do that? You better, you, you better, if you're going to take money, 
for what you're doing. You're a professional, then you need to act like a professional. So instead of yeah, get, act as if I'm just going to be on this subsidy for the rest of my life. Yeah, it, it, it don't don't. <laughs> you got to get knocked off the tit, right? <laughs> I mean, you got to exactly. stand on your own. And and it, if it, how many people do we know though that? In today's culture, right? I'm not talking about bit and spur makers or saddle makers, any of us, but are comfortable just taking a little handout from the government. I, I'm not saying it's not something that that's needed occasionally, but man, take a little pride and see if you can stand on alone, uh, alone, right? Stand alone on the deal. And so you're there, Larry, right? And especially what three or four years into your career. Man, it's hard with the marketing and branding and, and getting paid for the amount of time that you're spending on something, which last week was how do you get started? Well, here you are, right? You're Yeah, absolutely. It's hard. I mean, I, I certainly haven't figured it out. And you and I have had lots of conversations and I'm getting better at it because of the things you and I have talked about it. But I remember when I first started out, a guy asked me, well, how do you price your work? And I said, well, usually I just pick a random number out of the air and <laughs> attach it to the project and, and go that way. Because really, it's like I, I have no idea how to how to price this stuff. And um, so it is, it is really hard. And, you know, I when I first started out, um, well, backstory a little bit. I mean, we had the ranch here. We're this place is where I was raised. I bought it from my folks and, and we were actively ranching. We had you know, 300 mother cows and we run about 300 yearlings that we'd sell every year. And I was leasing the neighbor's place with an option to buy it. And I mean, we we're, we we're going at it hard ranching. Well, then the market crashed and all that changed. And uh, we ended up selling all the cows and everything. And I leased it out. And at that moment I had more time and I was like, well, you know what? I'm going to tr- I've been dabbling a little bit in the bit and spur world. I'm, I'm just going to see what I can do here. If it works great, if it doesn't, I'll, you know, I'll do something else. Mm-hmm. And so when I dove off into it, I maybe wasn't, I mean, like we said, we don't really know what Roger's situation is, but it, I needed the money, but I wasn't totally dependent on if I don't sell a pair of spurs today, you know, someone's coming to repo this house and we're out of here. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't exactly like that. I mean, I needed the money. I had to have money to do something, but Mm. so, so I didn't feel as much pressure maybe as somebody else who's just starting out and has to make it work. But that being said, if I wanted to continue doing it, it, I've had to figure out how to make some money. So, and it's hard when you're first starting out, you know, I haven't, I didn't start keeping track of my time until uh, April of last year when, right. you know, you and I talked about it, Wilson. So I would just sort of uh, guess about it, but, but I keep track of time all the time now and it, and it certainly does help. And I don't, like I said before, I don't try to over promise delivery date. Uh, mm. If anything, I try to, I try to tell them it's going to take longer than it's going to. So you, and that takes that pressure off, off of you because it is no fun when somebody's leaning on you and you're trying to get this done 
And, and that pressure in itself will just create those shortcuts that are going to hinder you along the way. And that's self-inflicted, right? That, that is oh, a self-inflicted pressure. And, I, and guess what? Right here, July or June, what is it? June, June, June 15th. Is that where we are? June 15th, yep. 2023. My pressures stem from my big ass mouth and my chihuahua butt. <laughs> right. I, it, it's my fault. Right. It's, oh yeah, I can do that for you. And I wake up and go, oh, you're an idiot. And we, we've talked about this, Gary, in, in the yeah. last several weeks. It's like, it's, I had to realize what I can and can't do. And I'm, I'm the little kid in the buffet line. Hell yeah, I need that. Give, give me those tacos. And I'd love to have that fish. And, and then at the end of it, your mama said, you're going to eat all that. You bought it. I can't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Here I am. Well, and it's, I mean, one thing I don't do, and I've never done in my deal, is take a deposit on a project. Oh, hell no. Uh oh, we lost Larry. He he muted. Yeah. <clears throat> Larry's Larry. audio went away. Yeah, Larry, yeah, y'all should see him. He's just talking away. Oh, now you're back. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of quiet. Push your it cancellation. Says your computer deal. stopped recording. So. Oh yeah, Larry's Larry's not recording. We can hear Larry, but they can't hear Larry now. Schwartzy, me and you are recording, but so, yeah, barely. Where's, oh. Schwartzy. And we're back live and in color. <laughs> Thanks, Larry. <laughs> After a little hiccup in our yep. system. So we're back at it. There you go. You invite me on, I ruin the podcast. <laughs> no, you just... You're back to being Jill's friend and Scott's friend and everybody else that's had a hard time because you just moved right in and everybody, you were going to be the hero. Now, no, hell no. You blew it up right in the middle yeah. of things, which nobody else has done. So, so yeah, you're, they'll like you again. It's all good. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry about that. That's all, good. That's all for fun and entertaining. Uh -huh. Your audio may be about? better now than it was before. So, Oh. It's all good. What, what do you call the, the 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 dudes in the white suits on Star Wars? Uh, not Power Rangers, but there's some kind of yeah. Sky, Skywalker dude. Well, you're Luke, you're Luke Skywalker with your with your kids. Yeah. Xbox white. That's right. Headphones. My on. new headset. I could have <laughs> used the pink ones here. You oh, know. No doubt, I would have. <laughs> I wore the pink ones. Maybe I should get some pink ones for my new crazy hat picture. Yeah. Oh, well. we I know we were in something real deep and good, right, Schwartzy? Yeah, we were just talking about how the, is the clock a servant or a master? It's up to us because the clock yeah. doesn't care. The clock doesn't no. care. The clock is. So we it's, we got to play by, by the rules because it just is what it is. But, uh, and keeping our big mouth shut, not over, over, uh, overloading our boat. I think you were expounding about that, Larry, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was talking about, I think, I think where I left off was I, I, uh, was saying I didn't ever take deposits from any of my customers because I didn't, I didn't want that pressure of, 
you know, if something, if it takes me too long or if something happens to me, I got some, some of their money sitting around and I, I put them on a list. I tell them how long it's, I think it's going to take, which, which I'm terrible at. I mean, I've, I've quoted people six months and it's been a year because mm. I, again, I'm just getting started and I, I didn't really know how long it really would take to do some of these things, you know? And so I've been way off, but what I found is, is the customers kind of back to what I said before, you know, the customers that are coming to you, they, they're coming to you for a reason, right? Mm-hmm. Most of them are not coming to you just because they need a, a bid or a pair of spurs, right? They, they're kind of because they, they want a bit or a pair of spurs from you. Mm-hmm. And so, and Roger's probably in that same boat. I mean, I think his customers are coming to him because they want it from him. So what I've found is that even though I've done a terrible job of trying to estimate the amount of time it's going to take, been way off. Um, the customers themselves have been very forgiving of that, of that time. So one thing I need to do is, is saving face and communication, right? And so we all are way off, right? I get a customer that uh, the way I run my order book is when your time is up, I'll work for you until you get tired of spending money. So three years ago, you told me you wanted a pair of spurs. You won the lottery. Now you want 10 pair of spurs. I'm not going to tell you no. I'm going to keep building spurs for you until you get tired of going. Well, that throws me off on my time frame. Like, I sure. honestly, I have no idea. Well, I'm to a point in my order book right now to where um, I'm a, um, I need to communicate and clarify with where I'm at. Um, I've restructured my my orders and that what I'm actually taking, right? I'm catering to the high end. I need to communicate that with people that have honestly been waiting on the book for four years. Simple form letter, email. I'd be happy to talk and discuss uh, your order with you, but this is where I'm going. I've not taken deposits either, Larry. And and so I don't want to be locked in on a lot of different things that deposits create. So uh, I just, I need to communicate it. and And that's something that I haven't done. Uh, I need to send out that email and say, Hey, I'm writing all of y'all at the same time. Cause there's a bunch of you, but yeah, well, and that, and that really is, that really is what the customer wants. Ultimately it's just yeah. that communication, right? Absolutely. I mean, it, they'll wait that extra time. If you just tell them that they need to wait that extra time, right? I, I had, most of them will do it. Most of them will do. It. I had a customer contact me last week and said, you told me two years, Willie, it's been two years. And I was like, oh, crap, I got to have an ugly conversation because he's probably two more years out. Like, it's, it's not good. And and then I probably wasn't going to do what it is that the budget that I thought he was going to do. So I was going to have to send him down the road, I thought. And so I explained to him what I'm doing and that bits and spurs are now starting at 7,500. That's not a plain pair of spurs. That's fancy, right? That's fancy. But that's what I'm working on is that type of stuff. He wanted a belt buckle, so... I'm not going to do a simple buckle with overlays and that's that, right? Something that, that is, it doesn't stretch me creatively. And so I called him and had all this dissertation planned out in my head and fully expecting to give him some numbers to other makers. And you're, you were one of them, Larry, and sent your name down the road to him. And, and, uh, and, and, and in our conversation, yeah, okay, I understand. He said, I, I know right where you're at. That's awesome. Good for you. Send me Larry's number and leave me on the list because I want something special too. So not only did he not 
take the order that I thought he would. He took your name and wants to stay on the list. He spent twice as much money as I actually thought he would. Right. But he was happy to have communication. And I, I thanked him for reaching out to me and I, I, I need to, I, it will be better on my part if I will reach out. And so it's going to solve stress on my part, right? It's going to eliminate some stress because I actually communicated with the customer and the customer is going to feel wanted and appreciated because I reached out to them and communicated. I think those are very important things to do. Yeah. You've been doing it longer than us, Schwartzy. You're the, you're the old dog in the well, room. Well, don't here. watch How me. <laughs> yeah. Larry was saying there a moment ago, oh, I'm just getting started. I'm, I'm missing this stuff by missing the marks by a mile. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm missing mine by 10 miles. Mm -hmm. I'm just, and part of it comes down to, you know, I just can't seem to resist new projects. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting better at saying no to people, but I can't seem to say no to the voice inside my head. When, when, when uh, a pod, the idea of a podcast comes up, oh, Water that'd be head. fun. Yeah. Wilson, you're you're the you you're the man to blame. Because well, I said yes to you. Because you said yes, I wouldn't. We'd be working right now. <laughs> we would be working. <laughs> we would be working. Well, we are working because now now we're marketing and branding, right, Schwartzy? And we're helping Larry market. Oh and brand. yeah, right. Yeah. Like Which I need some important. marketing and branding at this point in my life, in my career, but. Uh, <laughs> So I've oh, done the back to there. There was something earlier uh, when we kind of went off, got blinked off the air right there a few minutes ago. Was uh, and get back to what Roger had talked about. The uh, there's a thing that they call completion bias, and what that is is you get close enough, you got enough invested in the project, and, and you see the finish line out there, and you're just gonna get her done. Just push it or just drag this project across the finish line and ignore bells, whistles, voices in your head. Say, wait, whoa. And uh, the story is, is told of a, back in 1976 in this, uh, in Idaho, Eastern Idaho, they were, they were building a brand new dam and a river. And uh, all the while, of course, it was all highly engineered and stuff. And, and there were some problems that the, engineers were told about this the substrate the structure on the banks and all this kind of stuff and they just got this completion bias stuck in their head and they just powered through it well before the dam was even completed it failed as it was being filled for the first time and flooded <laughs> flooded the, all the valleys below and killed 11 people and stuff and that's a classic mm. example of completion bias of course we we don't deal with life and death situations, but we do. And I, I've got a, a little situation here. I got a customer <clears throat> was going to get me some inseam measurements and stuff. And I thought, yeah, I'm going to get going. So that mm -hmm. voice in my head says, you better wait and make sure about this. Well, I ignored the, the, the voice and went mm -hmm. ahead and cut, cut a saddle out, carved up some fenders. <clears throat> and then when I did get the, the, uh, inseam measurement i'm thinking oh crap <laughs> <laughs> i got two, two days carving into these and they ain't gonna work so you so swallow your pride and you cut another pair out and you'd get it right 
stay I, true to the I integrity just got ahead of, of the of project. I just, and that's pretty much what it is. You're getting ahead of yourself on stuff. Yep. So you get yeah. ahead of yourself on stuff. You're, and that's the other thing we haven't talked about. So you ship this pair of spurs to a customer and he sees whatever mistakes that you made and you knew you made them. Mm-hmm. Is he going to be happy? Mm-mm. No, more than likely not. Yeah, more than likely not, for sure. And that, and that's that's so. Don't ever let me good enough. Now, I have answered the question before, Willie. How come this happened? It absolutely did, and I don't know how to fix it. Like I know it's wrong, but I don't know how to fix it. Like that—that's as good as I can do today. And and I'm vulnerable that way. And, and you know that, Carrie and Larry, you too. By this point, it's like I, I'm not perfect, and there's going to be things wrong. But if it's a common fundamental error that I half-assed, that's a problem. That's yeah. wrong. That, yeah, that's that's the difference. What you just said, I'm that's as good as I can do today. If that if that truly is the case, that's as good as you can do. Yeah. Then you know that's that's part of learning and part of your, your growth and your skill set and your and your career. But but leaving the mistakes that you know you can fix. <laughs> well, uh, like. Like, uh, well, actually, I started the project two days before you got the inseam deal to me, and I didn't want to start over, so you got to live with it. That's a problem, right, Schwartzy? That's mm-hmm. that's not good business. Right. right. That's not good business. Well, you two had a, had a conversation uh, without me yesterday, making sure that Larry would look like a rock star and get on here, right? Fail. <laughs> what, what, uh, what was that about? Well, well, we were we were talking about uh, we were just t- talking about something that Jill had brought up, like getting your hands on the work and getting your mind out of the way, right, Carrie? Yep, yep, that's right. I've been thinking about that all week. Uh, what she was advising us is just get your hands on the material, just start start working it, just start scratching on silver, start filing, start cutting leather. Just get your hands on it. And uh, I don't know why I didn't think of this, but uh, the little saying that comes to mind the more I thought about it was uh, the work of our hands informs the work of our minds. And that's especially so with what we do. So you, and like Larry said there a minute ago, uh, when you get your head in the way of the work, then you're hesitant Then you don't know you're, you're, you lack confidence. You're not, you're afraid to make a mistake and all that kind of stuff. And you brought in the left brain, right brain idea, mm-hmm. Willie. Well, isn't that the, the, the debate, the, the, the boxing contest, the, the fight between the left brain and the right brain? Absolutely. And, and it, to me, this ties right in with what Roger's talking about is, is how to not stop or how to stop. And, and that's the, the question there. And, and as we get off into a project, all of a sudden the material starts talking to us in a way that we had no idea. And yeah, that sounds artsy fartsy weirdo Martian stuff, but, uh, but we have a gut feeling 
wouldn't this be cool? Right. And, and, and like, so for me, it's really hard to see in dimension, like three dimensional stuff. Sculpting is extremely difficult for me. So as I get a quarter inch thick band and I start removing metal and, and shaping it and putting tapers. Now all of a sudden my eye sees things that I couldn't visualize without it. And I would say, Oh wow. Wouldn't this be cool? Wouldn't this be cool to do is, is allowing that, to be a part of our creative process that y'all all know I'm a big design guy and put it on paper and have a big plan. If we eliminate the ability for our, our the metal in our hands to speak to us in that design, we're cutting ourselves short, I think. Right, Carrie? Yep. Yeah. It's uh it does kind of sound a little heady and, and whatnot, but it's, it is absolutely what happens when you get your hands on on some material and your 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 mind really is kind of relegated to being a, an observer of what's going on and then your brain will course correct with your hands mm -hmm. in order to it's just like engraving you got a certain angle on your mm -hmm. graver mm -hmm. your your mind is watching you're watching you're an observer and what's happening with that engraver and and uh so you're then you course correct to get your angle where it needs to be and right. uh yeah i mean it's just the way we learn but what people get tangled up in your head and your ego is involved in this too because your ego wants to control it your ego is going to mm -hmm. want to control that the material and stuff and uh you just get you just grab some stuff and start start making little pieces of leather out of big pieces of leather and let the chips fly on the silver and stuff. And, and, uh, it's liberating. And the, the thing that's important to me is once you understand the dynamics of what's going on there, it's easier to let go of your ego. It's easier to get your head out of your, out of the way of your work. Then you start poking sticks on that fire. And then the, the F word happens freedom. <laughs> so long isn't that what happens <laughs> yeah yeah willie i know you... where your mind is <laughs> <laughs> i didn't say it but but you larry does the f word pop up when you start thinking about that stuff yeah yeah about the time i uh make the mistake it pops right up yeah <laughs> Let the left brain get involved and don't let the hands do what they, you know, what happens to me is the F word pops up when all of a sudden, all of a sudden my hands start showing my brain what it is, could actually happen. What could actually, like, I thought I knew what this thing should look like. And then all of a sudden my hands and the gesture drawing too, right? Schwartzy is a, sitting mm -hmm. down with that blank piece of paper and you're getting lines down. Now all of a sudden your mind starts to see what's actually possible. And and I and that's usually way more than I thought I could do, or that I wanted to do. This last little howling at the moon spurs I did—that's supposed to be a ten thousand dollar pair of spurs. Eighteen thousand five hundred later, I let my mind, my hands dictate what should actually happen, and uh, it actually happened on paper, to tell you the truth. But yeah, and and what you said just there, Wilson, too, is is like correlates back drawing is a big one right it's like everybody says it doesn't matter what you draw just get it just get something down on the paper i i mm -hmm. think that's an exercise in exactly what we're talking about here you know it's like just get it 
just get it coming out and let it see where it goes, you know. And um, I made a re- reference when Perry and I were talking yesterday. Like the first thing that popped into my mind about kind of separating the hands and the mind was uh, when you sit down and you're new to engraving and you're trying to engrave that perfect scroll backbone, you know, and everybody's like, just just hold your hand still, turn the vice, let the vice do the work. That is so hard to not overthink that process, right? Mm-hmm. And but the but that one time when you when it finally clicks and you just you get out of the way and you just let your hands spin the vice and you're just hold, and you get that one perfect one, and then it clicks and you're like, oh, now I understand. That that was the first thing that I thought of when we were talking about that yesterday, but. But it is true. You, you got to get out of the way sometimes. So is it a separation or is it a connection between hands and mind? Well, we're getting pretty philosophical now. <laughs> we're just bitten sperm makers, man. <laughs> it's the truth. No, but it's, it's, a, me. it's a connection. You know it is. Yeah, it's a connection. Yeah, it, it, you it's have to connect the hands to the mind. It's yes, a symbiotic yes. relationship where one is not threatened by the other. Exactly. Or, or business and creativity, banking and creativity, right? Is like yeah. there has to be a connection between everything in order for it to be successful because without one, the other one can't happen. You can be the most creative dude in the world. And everybody thinks you're the greatest thing in ever, but you got to be a greeter at Walmart because you can't pay the damn bills being creative. But we also know the business guy that won't allow his hands a part of the process. And yeah, he makes money, but it's the same old crap. Nobody wants it. So that's not good business either. Oh, well. Well, Shorty. Yeah. Where are we going now? Now what are we going to do? I don't know. We, we've thrashed this to death, probably. <laughs> we have thrashed. Larry, yeah. I got a question for you, Larry. I'm going to spin I'm gonna spin it. We're going to talk about Larry just for a minute. Larry, like last week in Jill, is, is this next year's uh, fellowship recipient. So hallelujah, the Bitten Spur world finally got recognized again. We've had one, and now we got Larry. So Troy Flayhardy was our first, and now Larry's the... Then the next uh, the next fellowship recipient in the bit and spur world, so he's going to have to endure my world for some time. You excited, Larry? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely excited about it. Um, so, you know, just to speak on that fellowship, you know, I think I think most people. Well, I know a lot of people apply, but it, um, I'll be honest. That was my so that was the third time I applied for the fellowship. I've only been, you know, we talked about this, doing this for three or four years to -hmm. start with. So, so the first time, uh, you know, I'm sure looking back, I still have all that book. I mean, it was pretty rough, right? But you don't know what you don't know. And as Jill would say, and so I applied, didn't get it. The next year I was like, well, I don't know what I could do different as far as the application already, you know, said on the things I was going to say, but people I know encouraged me to apply. So I applied again, didn't get it. So third time's <laughs> a charm, I guess. But uh, I'm, kind of, I'm very excited about the fellowship. I think it's going to be a, 
an awesome opportunity. I know when you called me, I was like, well, you know, drag a cot out to your shop because I'm fixing to come live with you for about 30 <laughs> days. So, but, uh, no, it's going to be, it's going to be great. I, well, I'm super excited. I'm like, when does this start? Oh, I got to wait clear till October to get this going. Let's go now. But yeah, uh, and you've been, yeah. and, and you know what? Good on you, Larry. And, and I'm going to brag on you for a second in front of you because I don't care how big a head you get and I'll pop it. Right. You can come spin with me. So I'll, I'll bring you <laughs> yeah, back for now. sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're all in this deal together. And what is it? And, and Carrie, you can elaborate on this as well. And I, I think you'll feel the same in a lot of ways. But, but so three years ago, we get an introduction to you and then we see you again and then we see you again. What's encouraging to me is to see somebody that not only takes criticism um with with grace right i mean you didn't you didn't just crawl in a hole and cover your head up and say screw them assholes but you took you took the 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 negative that we have to say about something and you've always been that way you started making contact i mean i didn't meet you till april but we had talked before then through facebook or whatever it was messaging and you take criticism and then and then apply it to your world there's change i see change in your work from from one time to the next that that's one of the greatest compliments you can give me as a person. And I'm not saying you have to grow up and be me, which is another question I'd like to talk about here for a second, but you make changes to your work. You make improvements that good on you. That's how you get there. Right, Carrie? Oh, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. I, people I've had people ask, so what is it going to take? What are the, what's the ingredients? What's the magic recipe? And, and, uh, if you see a progression of, of uh, even if you're a single-time uh, applicant, if in your your folio, your portfolio you submit, if you show a progression of improvement, that that tells us there's an investment there. And yeah. uh, of course, with you, that was we had we saw three years of improvement, and 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 not just a little bit of improvement either. It no. was. But I will say this, though, a tough, tough slate of candidates. And thanks to everybody who applied. Uh, We may have looked in from the outside and we make these, cook these deals in a smoke-filled back room or some such thing. I promise you, it's it's a tough struggle, isn't it, Willie? Oh, yeah. You're looking at at candidates and it just comes down to a vote. People just vote their conscience on this stuff, and and uh, you rose, you and uh, Jill rose to the top of the top of the stack. Well, I I was excited to to get it, and then right after, you know, for about two weeks after I got it, I went through this phase of I'm not worthy. Like why they took me? I mean, I know I know some of the other people that applied. But I, I'm not worthy of this. So then I sort of got over that a little bit. And then uh, and then a few weeks ago, I got my copy of Cowboy Renaissance, the TCA book, and I was looking through that. And then I was like, I'll work to see. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I think it's going to be good. At, and and as far as, um, you know, just other people out there, I would definitely encourage to apply more than one time, even like you, even if you feel like you you don't know uh, you know, where you stand because certainly when I applied the first time, uh, I thought, I thought my work was, and it was, it's time as good as it could get. Right. 
but now three years later, it's, you know, that that's ancient history. So if so, you're just keep going, you're, you know, while you're growing, uh, a lot of, one of the worst things you can be thinking in your mind is if I can just become a TCA member, I've arrived. That is a terrible thought because each and every year you're going to have to build the three best things you've ever made in your entire life. So yeah, you got good enough to get in, but every year you've got to do better and you have to embrace that journey at some point in your career. Hopefully it's in the very beginning that every piece, not every year, every piece is going to be different and change and grow. Um, You have to critique your work. You have to look at it and say, how can I do it better? Uh, I did the best I could today with this, but next time I need to try to fix this. I need to try to do this better. And uh, that's, that's scary at first, right, Carrie? But then for me, it's, it's become a, it's a, it's a pleasure, right? That's fun. That's the cool part. That's what keeps me going. Absolutely. That's what, that's what gets you up in the morning is the challenge of discovery. Get that dopamine high of, of trying to figure out what's the next thing around the corner. And, uh, so, so that's, so we're got, wired I, that way. So we're just hardwired that way. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, to, a, to a person, I think in the group. So when they see that, when we see that in somebody else, weeks, yeah. it's like in blinking lights, isn't it? Yeah. 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 It, yeah. it's you, when you recognize it, it's, it's undeniable. You, you understand it, you know what it's like, you know, this person is, is, is wired similarly. Yeah. So I got a, I got a question that was brought up to me of a good friend, Troy Flayhardy last week uh, or yesterday, actually, he brought it up and, uh, and, and Larry, since, uh, I'm going to put words in your mouth an aspiring TCA member, right? One day, maybe. Yeah, oh. absolutely. So. So Troy asked me, he said, okay, uh, I'm outside looking in. I want to be a member and I got you, Willie, and I got Ernie looking there. And he said, so the thought, and I, I thought the same way when I was outside looking in, it's like, wow, if I can look like Willie or I can look like Ernie, they'll probably let me in. But that doesn't allow originality. That doesn't allow, so it takes confidence to be your own person and be your own deal. But what the hell is that? What, you know, what is good enough? And, the, and you know that if you look like me or Ernie, then you're going to get in or you, you you should be good enough if you can copy us. But man, nobody can be me. I can't be Ernie. I can't be John Ennis. I can't be any of the guys before me is, is learning how to be yourself and know what's good enough. Am I, do you understand what I'm trying to say there, Carrie? Cause we, we've, we've kind of, approached around this with other applicants and things where they're just looking like so-and-so, you know, or whatever. And that, that doesn't show originality, which is positive, but it takes confidence to be yourself and and be be different. Uh, Did you struggle with that, Larry? I mean, your own, your own journey. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm on it now. Right. And I would say, you know, I can see something that Troy's on Facebook or whatever. And yeah, know that it's his, right? Absolutely. I feel like that's recognizable. If yeah. you're if you're in a a fan, like I can see that it's Troy's. Like I feel like he has his own style. He's not you or any myself personally. I I feel like I'm still trying to find that. You know, I'm bouncing around here, there, try this, try that, just because of where I'm at in my stage. But 
um, so, trying to find my own identity, so to speak. So, so we're, I, and I'll speak for Troy and I might be all messed up here and he can call and yell at me for speaking for him. But I think what he's saying is, yeah, I have my own style, but it's not good enough. You haven't let me in. So how do I get good enough being me to be a part of your group? Like, what does that look like? Well, and that's, you know, that's a valid question. When we had that forum last February, right? And we, I mean, there was a lot of talk about TCA mm-hmm. in the bit and sperm maker side of that deal, right? When we, when we broke off, there was a lot of talk about the TCAA. And, and, and one thing that you had said, and Scott had said, like, you know, you, anybody in this room has, has the chance, right? You, yeah. you have the chance. And, and it was, I, I told Scott later on, there, I'm like, well, you're saying that, but I don't under, but I don't know, I don't understand it. I don't know what I have to do or where I'm at. I, I can't judge my own spot, right? So, so it's a, it is a valid question. Like, and I don't know, I don't know the answer to that. I guess uh, I'm on the journey to find that answer myself. But I think, in short, uh, let's let's talk from a TCA voting member perspective for just a second and then it's something that it's an exercise that we're going through right now within our group of of creating criteria description as to what is good describe what is good so how does larry and 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 jill alluded to it last week in her conversation too once she got it she had people calling her oh my gosh you're so different it gives me encouragement that they will accept you in the fellowship to be an individual and that and that's where we're going that's what people are looking for we don't have a definition of what is good and, and we as members uh, are working on defining that for you. For me, it's, it's the fundamentals so very often. Good quality engraving, round scrolls, leaf structures, inlays, overlays, relief engraving. That's the ornamentation. From a function standpoint, does it work for its intended purpose? And that can be very broad, right? We all ride our horses a little different and have different things that we're trying to accomplish with the individual. But is it working for its intended purpose? And then, and then the fabrication of the piece, is it above and beyond that? Like to become a TCA member, uh, the way I describe it personally, I'll speak for myself only and not put words in Carrie's mouth or any of the other 11 is, uh, I need separation from the rest of the crowd. Right. And are you doing it better than everybody else? And, and, uh, are round things round, flat things, flat, clean, crisp corners, um, it's the minor details that create the separation and the things that we actually have to work on in whatever style you're doing. doesn't matter. Um, Carrie, you want to elaborate on that just well, a little? I, I think he did a good job there. And we are, as a group, working through some more systematic ways of evaluating work that people show mm-hmm. us. Uh, mm-hmm. So so it, it it's, we're, we're trying to, build the plane the plane as we're trying to fly it so it's i think the, but the artistic expression side of things that that's we're we'll always dance around that but see larry what you said oh, yeah. there a minute ago was was very encouraging you're struggling with it you're you're working yeah. with it. you're struggling with it. you're trying to that's perfect that's all that's yeah. all that's all we can ask that's all you can ask of yourself is to struggle with it and and here I am, these many years later and stuff. I don't know if I have an identity, because <laughs> I keep exploring different things and different ideas, different leaf structures. I mean, artistically, I'm I'm, and I'm coming up with some 
would you say, Willie? We waterhead. You're a waterhead. You'd be standing across the arena and go, that's a Kerry Schwartz car of something, whatever it is. Ain't nobody in the yeah, world but, does anything like you. Yeah, you asked me the question, though, a few weeks back. What What's your style? I don't know. I don't, I don't the know. The it's, it's whatever it is today. You know what? Come back in three years, it'll be different. <laughs> It's well, kind of it's kind of funny that you say that, Kerry. Though, because I mean, Wilson and I had this conversation just the other day, and I was saying, ah, I don't, I can recognize other people's styles, but I don't feel like I have one of my own developed yet, or whatever. Now, here you are, forty years in, and you're like, <laughs> I don't have a style, but I agree with Wilson. Like, I can spot one of them saddles a mile away. Like, oh, that's Kerry's <laughs> car, that one. Right? So I think that just goes to show that we're all in the same boat, no matter how far the journey has taken us we're, we're still there and you know other than wilson's point about like you can set those you can you can put up those boxes like and you have to as far as criteria for the tcaa you gotta check these boxes you know like smooth lines good you know cuts beveled edges blah 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 you can you can check all those boxes but you're never going to be able to harness the you know the box for the artistic side of it, right? And that's where the individual yeah. is going to come out. Yeah. That's that's exactly what I'm saying is you're, you just don't, that'll, that'll be a slippery target. And uh, there's well, some really, really cool stuff out there. That's, you know, avant-garde it's out there trying to be cutting edge and stuff. And, and some of the stuff I'm trying to do some things that I've never seen before. I haven't ever done before. So just exploring that struggle, struggle with it and uh, see what comes out on the other end. Yeah. But as far as the, you know, to talk about the TCAA again for just a moment, you know, when Russ and you alluded to it and and where I sit today, that's absolutely a target that I'm shooting for, you know, and I, I it was an internal struggle uh, conversation I have with myself. Like, do I want to, go down that road or not because from the outside looking in that's it sounds like a very daunting task you know not only the application but then once you're in build three of the best things you've ever built every year and it's like oh man i, I don't know if i could build one of the best things much less three right but i figure i look at it and i'm like well if wilson can do it surely i can do it right so <laughs> So, I mean, <laughs> and, and the, you know, the guys who have come before that have done it for, you know. Carrie been doing it 25 years. Yeah, all these years. Well, surely it can be done. And I, and I sort of look like at it from this perspective, like, I'm not going to worry about that today. Mm-mm. Like, I'll worry about that later down the road when the time comes. And, and I sort of have faith that when that time comes, I'll be prepared for that, right? It, I'm in a different spot. It it, it it goes back to my special forces um, conversations that I that I you know I listen to the to the special forces of our of our armed forces all the time, and it's that all we have to do is is get through this evolution. So if I think at the beginning of the year, so well if I if I start thinking August second, I have to build the three best pieces in my life, and the daunting task that that's going to be by the next August 1st of the next year. It's like, Oh my gosh, I have all this other crap that I need to do and bills to pay. Just start on one of them, right? Just start the process on one, get it done, go to the next, 
and I mean, pretty soon you wake up, you get your work done, it's on time. So three bet, you're so excited. And and at this stage in my career, I would not be the maker I am today without getting through those evolutions each and each and every one that I am today. I wouldn't be the man, the maker, nothing without without having that obligation. Yeah, and, and I've heard you say that several times that exact statement right there and and that's what and honestly that's one of the things that pushes me pushes me down that direction because i'm like eat it it's you know if you shoot for the stars you don't make it you still land on the moon or whatever that expression goes it's like mm-hmm. well if i try that if i head down that road even if i don't make it imagine how far i can get so so that's really what pushes me pushes me on too Bo Eason in the book right Carrie if you set a goal that you can reach you haven't set a very good goal right you're, you're going to limit yourself well and, and having a long-term goal 20-year yeah. goal five-year yeah. goal 10 20 uh and you get there all you your all your task is is all we're talking about is the next step yep that's all that's what you're saying both of you guys it, mm-hmm. all you need to worry about is the next step toward that goal you can't take a swing at it and start your base running at third base you take your steps toward first base and uh, be satisfied with the work of that day and then the next day and then the next day with that long-term goal in mind so i care nothing and boeson says he wants to be the best safety in the nfl he want to be the best performing actor and all this stuff i don't want to be the best I could care less about being the best, but I want to be the best that I can be. So that is not 20 years. That's the rest of my life. Each and Mm -hmm. every day, get up and be better today than I was yesterday. That never stops. Embrace it. Love it. Enjoy the ride and see where the hell it takes you. Stay. And so Katie sent me a deal the other day of Joe is a couple of days ago, Joe Rogan talking about motivation. And he said, he, he, he said, uh, the F word and it wasn't freedom about motivation <laughs> because he said motivation 90% of the time is not there. It has to be discipline each and every day. If you have discipline, you can get through it and you can go. But if you don't have discipline and you're relying on motivation, 90% of the time, you're not going to have it. And what are you going to do? You have to get up and go at it and do it. That's the journey each and every day. will be better. Have discipline in that. Enjoy the ride. Put on your helmet and have fun, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and also, it's like uh, the if the if the TCAA is the is the final outcome, but it's you know that's just one little aspect of this whole career. So, uh, ch- but chasing that rabbit will help elevate everything else. Mm-hmm. Is the way I look at it. So, me too, Larry. Is if if that's the final outcome, you're over. It's over. Right. And that's not the purpose of the TCA that doesn't preserve and promote the disciplines. It may preserve it, but it ain't going to promote it. we got to go above and beyond. There's so much more that can be accomplished. And there's there's so much, there's more in a given year of your, uh, you know, building career, the, the, the projects, they've, the projects for the TCA, although they take a lot of time, but but let's face it, but there's a lot of that year that you're going to have to be building other things to make make some money and, and keep this thing going. So, 
I feel like, uh, you know, that end goal will just help all that other stuff along the way too. And, and it, everything about it will be better. So, well, we couldn't have had a better, better commercial right there. Could we carry <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> we need to hire him as our promoter. Well, yeah. let's put Jill in there too. That lady. Yeah, get Jill. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Don't forget Jill. <laughs> put them on yeah. the road. Yeah, wind them up. Put them out there. <laughs> well, well, kids, we probably should call it a day, huh? Back we'll grab work. another cup and get back in the shop. Go back at it. We got it. We got it. It's, it's a, it's a busy day. And uh, Larry, thank you so very much for being you and for getting on here with me and Schwartzy and, and, uh, can't, I can't wait to have you in the shop. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure three days into it, you're going to say the hell with that 30. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it's, if it's June and it's 132 degrees in Cristobal, Texas. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking coming, I'm going to come in the winter time when it's like, was it like 50? That would feel just right. I, I, I read, oh, I did old man talk with Larry, oh, with uh, Carrie a while ago. And uh, uh, 106, 107, 107, 103, 112, 109, 113, 107 is what my next week holds. It's a little warm for us southern guys, too. That sucks. Thank you guys for letting me. Uh, be part of it. Like I said, I've listened to them all and, and they've been great. And sorry, I wrecked it in the middle there, you know, technology and everything. But right. uh, no, I appreciate you letting me be a chance to come on. And have a we visit. Are, the honor is ours. The privilege is ours. So thanks Absolutely. once again. And, and uh, you gentlemen have a great day. Adios, Schwartzy. Larry, adios. Right. See you later. Take care.